0: Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of One Vision. As we start to get back into live events, we wanted to check in with two of our wonderful friends, Greg Palmer and David Penn from Finnovate. And we are super excited to have you both on to chat, catch up to celebrate what 15 years of what Bradley would call the Disneyland of FinTech. I'm still waiting for him to trademark that. And to talk about what's coming up at the New York event, Finnovate Four, in September. So let's go ahead and start because I don't think anyone wants to hear from me. It's more the two of you. Um, can you both talk a little bit about you know um, your role at innovate, what you do, how long you've been with the team? Let's start with you, Greg, and then and then David.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I've been with Finnovate since 2010. um, And when I joined, it was just me and Eric and Jim, the two founders of Finnovate. So, you know, those early years, the job was basically whatever needed to be done. And then as time evolved, the company grew and we started to hire other people, which was a huge relief for me having help um and now my role is effectively just kind of the on-stage host i host the podcast i also do a lot of work with our demoing companies to help get them ready for the show doing uh, some coaching for them and this is actually a new piece which we can talk about a little bit later on but we're offering that kind of demo coaching service now outside of those demoing companies which is pretty exciting but by and large my role is really just to you know make sure the event is going smoothly help make sure that we're putting good content up there and getting all of the demos ready to knock it out of the park when they do get up there
0: and i think you forgot one thing greg is the uh, official uh, i don't know initiator for dad jokes there's that too. Well,
1: that kind of <laughs> came about just out of necessity. The nature of our conference is that there are times where there is dead air. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces as anybody who's benefited it can can understand. And so there have always been moments where I find myself up on stage with nobody ready to present. And so I started filling that time with whatever, you know the first couple of things that came into my mind were. And so dad jokes became a part of it at that point. Um, it coincidentally, uh, also it was when I became a father myself. So I felt like I was ready to go and you know, take that mantle on. Um, but no, it's been a fun part as well. It's it's interesting, the jokes I tell on stage are really not my sense of humor in the rest of my life, but it's a weird thing to be known for because my sense of humor probably would not play super well in a professional setting. And so I kind of tame it down a little bit for the uh, the audience there
0: we'll ask you about that after the uh, recording <laughs> dave what about you do you tap dance with uh with greg
2: <laughs> as often as i can backwards and in heels actually is my uh my, my best move um but uh yeah greg's a f- fantastic uh, person to, to work with um i know when i got on board with the company in the uh, fall of 2012 it was sort of just as finnovate was really starting to sort of define find some of its specialization roles They were filling out a a research team. I joined uh, Julie Moon, Julie Shiktans at the time, Julie Moon now, who who was running the research team at the time, so I joined on with her. And they really started to differentiate the company into some of the uh, demo development aspects, developing some of the online and uh, social media content on the blog, so I feel like I came uh, uh, at a budding time, uh, sort of springtime of uh, Affinity in a lot of respects.
0: springtime affinity. Okay, I think we can play with that a little bit. That's interesting. So um, I think the one thing I I don't want to speak on behalf of Brad, but I know that we were both super delighted to be back in person, and to be able to see both of you as well as our friends back in San Francisco feels like it's been forever. And ever since we have actually been able to get together and have a chat not through the screen and um and we even got to do our first book signing uh for beyond good together so that was super fun um how was the event for both of you and for the Finovi team because because this is the first time back in san francisco wasn't it for you guys too
1: yeah it was so first time in san francisco since 2019 um, which was wild to be back in that city obviously a lot of things have changed Um, a lot of things have stayed the same though i think uh i don't remember who it was who said the demise of san francisco has been greatly overreported. it's totally fine there we had a great time Um, but it was really good to be back in person and one of the things that we've noticed is that you know coming back there are a lot of people who clearly missed these face-to-face meetings quite a bit And so there's this energy now where people who are in are really excited, they're kind of missing, they've been missing out on these face-to-face interactions and they come back in really eager to network, really eager to see the demos. And so I think that's been one of the really fun parts for us as we come back is seeing this kind of pent up energy, this sort of, you know, first day of school kind of, I want to see all my friends again type of thing. And so that's been really satisfying for us. Um, and it makes sense, right? The people who are coming to the events live are the ones who really missed it. And so we've heard this at both uh, our European event, which we did earlier this year, and then at San Francisco as well, that the networking has been really strong and, and the people who are just kind of more willing to engage than uh, than maybe they have been in, in years past. David, would you agree with that?
2: A hundred percent. That was certainly, this is uh, San Francisco, is our third live event uh, coming back from. Uh, sort of in this working our way out of COVID. I don't know if post-COVID is appropriate, but uh, we were in fall, we were in London, and uh, it was really exciting to come back to to the West Coast. Um, Obviously, there are folks who come to all of the different conferences, regardless of where they happen to be uh, headquartered. But uh, for me, there's always a little something special about coming back to Finnovate Spring, going back to the West Coast, uh, getting a little bit of that Silicon Valley flavor. Uh, a lot of us um, started out here on the West Coast. I think there's a certain uh, sensibility there. And I really can't underscore enough the point that Greg made about the the energy. I mean, that's always the case. I'm always a little surprised at just how much energy comes out of these Finnovate conferences uh, in regular times. And uh, certainly given the, the, the circumstance we've all been in, uh, that was really, really the case. Folks just, uh, uh, they're early, staying late, which is always a great sign when you're in person. Um, I think it maybe even had a little bit of a of an innovating uh, aspect on a lot of us, just to really see there was a lot of nervousness about how this is going to work, both from just the whole uh, public health concerns, as well as the, the technical issues, which we didn't have to think about for a, over a year and a half, uh, different ones, but new ones, and uh, to just be back in there and uh, to really be feeling that full-on experience, both as putting on the show and as being at the show was really, really powerful and uh, really has me excited about what we're gonna be doing uh, coming up into the fall.
1: Yeah, one piece that we should mention as well, this was the most attendees we've had at an event in person in San Francisco since 2017. So we did get a little bit of a bump coming out of it, which was not necessarily expected, but really delightful to see that happen. Um, and so we'll, we'll see if that momentum continues through our fall show uh, in New York. As David mentioned, we did go back and do an in-person one last year. It was kind of in between, COVID waves and so slightly unusual but we were able to get about 750 people together there which I think you know if it had been more than that maybe wouldn't have felt super safe to the people in the venue but um, this year it looks like we're poised to beat that substantially so uh, it's really good to see the momentum kind of coming out of obviously what's been a really difficult time.
3: We, when we look back at uh, you know, fifteen years of shows, it's it's just hard to imagine. I, I don't, I don't really know how many little star stickers I would have on my badges at this point. Uh, it wouldn't be you know the the most of all the folks that do show up at these events, but you know it's got to be several dozen. Uh, my first one was back in Infinite Spring in two thousand eight, so it was the second one you guys ever did. And I remember the old venue that you guys did down towards San Jose, and uh, it was like this rock venue uh, where, where they had you know Led Zeppelin and other big bands of the 60s and 70s play at. And you know, just over the years to, to think about how many people I've met through this, how many companies you know, we've looked at and you know, in some cases invested in because of what we saw on stage. And so the one thing that always brings people back is that format that demo format and that seven minutes of torture and now having been on that stage with presenting companies twice, not doing the speaking yet, but I'm sure one day that'll happen. Uh, I, I could attest that even moving the mouse around and pretending that you're Matt West and you know, doing a great demo, uh, that in itself is still a little nerve-wracking because you're like, oh man, that clock's in front of us, we got to get moving. Um, when we look at that and, and we look at all of our favorite sort of times, there there was no, outlet for people to like see all that type of technology in one place so you know it's it that format has always been the key to me uh could you talk about why that part in addition to what you've added over the years has has really been part of that success for you
1: guys and and what's the feedback that you get sure yeah No. i mean i think clearly the format's been really good for us it's something which i kind of immediately latched onto to when i joined the company and i think one of the challenges that people have is that you know when you look at a slide deck when somebody's presenting a slide deck you just don't know how much of that is really true right it's very easy to put together a compelling slide presentation you can fill it full of all the ambitions in the world but until you actually have the technology coded and ready to show there's always this element of doubt to it um, and that kind of leaves aside this other question, which is I think honestly, most people are really terrible at PowerPoint presentations. They're awful to watch. They're boring. People read slides to you. You know, I'm a huge, uh, I, I really dislike them as you can probably tell. I'm, I'm heavily biased of course, but slide presentations are terrible. And so we wanted to get away from that and really let people focus on, you know, show me what the technology does. Um, And the seven minute time frame is really difficult, obviously it's a challenge most products don't really demo uh, completely in that amount of time. It takes more than that to really get through it. And so you kind of force companies to really streamline their messages and this is one of probably the biggest challenges of the companies who undertake this seven minute demo is how can i figure out what my compelling messages are how can i deliver them in a way that's easy for the audience to understand and i think this exercise is actually really useful outside of the finnovate demo environment because once you go through this you come up with this really clean and clear here's who we are here's what we're all about here's how we want to present ourselves oh and also check out our technology which totally works and this, is, you know, this combination I think is really useful for people. Um, although David, you've seen more demos than I have at this point. I'm always backstage, so I only catch snippets of them. You've probably witnessed uh, way more of the actual end products than I have. So maybe uh, I should let you share your thoughts here as well.
2: Sure, I do think one of the interesting things uh, perspective that you bring in addition to obviously seeing the demos is working with the companies uh, until they get to that point. Um, you know, there's, there's something to say about the spontaneity effect of having live people on stage I have a friend who's an old friend who's a theater playwright, big theater guy. and He used to always talk about, he used to puzzle him why more people didn't go to the theater because there was always the chance you see somebody screw up live in front of you. But he thought that alone would be enough entertainment value to bring more people into a live theater. But I I do think that there's really something that, uh, with all that preparation that goes into it and the work that you do, to just seeing individuals on stage, uh, the lights are off, the lights go on, there's a person there. We talk a lot about the, the technology and the innovation, and we talk about people in large groups, but I think it really brings back the humanity behind everything that we do. When you see that individual person, a person standing there with their laptop, with their iPad, just talking to everybody else, and, and I think that's one thing that every time I go to another show, that just really strikes me, that there's somebody on stage who's put something together, and they'd like to show it to you, and I just think that's a very human interaction, and to see it. Sort of writ up large in technology and all these sorts of things is, is very interesting, but it really is just such a basic show and tell that I think is, uh, is something that we all respond to uh, almost uh, almost organically. And I think that Finewe has really I think managed to foster that uh, over the years. You know, there have been times when people have questioned whether or not that format is something we wanted to maintain, but uh, certainly this spring was another example of, of this that in person person on a stage, persons on a stage show and telling. It's just really really hard to beat, it seems to me.
0: and on the stage and show and tell those, those are interesting moments. Um, I remember we've seen quite a few of those. There were some funny ones definitely that I, that I remember that I kept thinking out loud even a few years after, why did you do what you do again? Um, Some of them was entertaining, uh, of course. And uh, I know that I remember quite a few times, Greg, you actually had to get on the mic and tell people Please be gentle on their on their comments on Twitter. please you know, because it it takes courage, right, to actually get up there and it takes courage to to show people what you're doing. I, I think that in itself is something to be you know proud of, I would say
1: oh yeah absolutely i mean it's not easy to get up there right especially when you care that much and i think everybody who gets on our stage cares deeply about what they're showing in many cases you know these are projects that they've been working on for years this is the culmination of a massive amount of time and energy by a huge number of people Um, And so when they get up there, these are moments which are really crucial to uh, the people who are presenting and I think, you know, there's, uh, there's something that happens sometimes when you're kind of sitting in a dark auditorium and you see something up there, you kind of have the sense that this is being offered to me for my entertainment and to some extent that's true. You know, I think the, the demos are meant to be entertaining. They're meant to be engrossing. But um, we have had issues with people who have been, I would say, you know, maybe overly critical of, of some of the demos that are up there. And I don't mean about, you know, the product itself or maybe the technology not being quite what they would find useful in their own lives. I mean, kind of the, of the actual presenters. And that, for me, is where there's a really big line I really hate to see. That kind of thing, especially from people who I know have never been up on stage in that capacity, right? And and so, you know, I think if you haven't done it before, um, you maybe have a lack of respect for what it takes to actually do it, and and I think that's where you know, and and I've tried not to be overly um, sensitive to it because I recognize that you know part of the exchange of ideas that's one of those things that makes this really engaging and fun, and there are going to be people who like some technologies more than others but when you start making personal critiques about somebody up there and you're like this is a coder he's presenting this is so far outside his comfort zone up there doing something that's legitimately really scary for him Um, and then you come back and see that you know there's a significant number of people who are more scared of public speaking than they are of death and you think well this is why right it's because they know there's people like that out there and so that's where i always felt kind of a need to come in and, and just Try and protect people a little bit and just say, you know if you have a legitimate critique of the technology or the company or the idea, it's fine to voice that. But let's keep it from getting personal and, and you don't need to you know torpedo anybody up there because it makes you feel good or it's fun for you in the back of the auditorium. So um it hasn't happened much lately, by the way. I think this is one of the things which we haven't seen much of in the last couple of years. So hopefully uh, that message is now landed.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. um definitely indeed. And beyond the demos, too, I think the other thing that, that we really like are some of the content pieces that you guys have put in. And I feel like we sense some of that, too, oftentimes when people present, you know, ideas um, beyond demos, right? When, when people talk about new trends or what have you or the new um, analyst panels that you guys have um, put on the last few years. It's always fun to watch, but it's always interesting to see who is sitting in the audience critiquing what people are presenting up there. And I always feel like saying, you know, if you think you're so darn good, get up there and do it yourself. Um, because it's, it's a lot, right? Just thinking through the story that you want to tell, how you want to present it and getting that point across is a lot of work and not to mention now coming back to the two of you, getting that magic flowing taking the content bringing the right people on stage and basically helping them shine so let's talk about that magic a little bit David when it comes to thinking about content and conversations and what you want to bring to the show how does that all start where does that come from
2: I think interestingly, it's not um, nearly as centralized as it, as it might come across um, in many respects, certainly at the point where we're at now, where we've got sort of the, the expanded Finovate with, with Informa, uh, with the uh, what we call the content days, as well as the demo days. I mean, back when it was pure demo, I think there was very much a, a program war room sense of all of us in there with a whiteboard the size of Kansas, putting everything together. Um, and now, because there's so many of us in different parts, again, our Informa teammates in New York and in, in London and so forth, and, and all of us here in the States, um, a lot of that process is a little bit more, more decentralized. Uh, but I do think that one of the things that we're able to do, or we've been able to do successfully, is leverage both uh, some of the people from our demo talent. We've noticed some of the folks from our demoing companies have done some incredible on stage performances. Uh, this one guy, uh, Steve Frook of Horizons, just sticks out to me as somebody who's a couple of times really just knocked it out of the park with some discussions about how companies can work with uh, partnering with banks. Just a very basic one, two, three kind of approach, which we might not have ever really realized with him, at him as a demoing company. Um, other instances, we've really been able to cultivate some great relationships with analysts to be able to come back to show after show. And I think that's kind of helped us grow a little bit as well as we get to see uh, a variety of topics that they're able to touch on and bring up. Um, and I think that's really something that's been uh, sort of helps connect the tissue from, from show to show. And then I think there's just the serendipity of, of events and topics as they come up. We've got some great programming help, uh, Katie Williams uh, out, of, uh, out of London does a fantastic job of putting things together and Adele and some others. And a lot of that, I think, just comes out of some of the networking, the conversations that go on um, at the shows, just trying to find out what are some of the things that people are interested in, who are some of the people who are particularly interesting to talk about some of those issues. Um, so I think when I think about it, sort of in that tripartite approach, that has managed to to really put together some some compelling content um, in some ways that maybe even surprised some of us.
3: I, I think yeah. about uh, you know, just this that that magic of content that you're talking about. And and Greg, I'm sure that when you guys look at how many, you know, people want to demo, you know, you are cutting down at some point and inviting only a certain number, but you know, having having been up there on those demos, I remember, I think it was Alpha Rank that I, I did one or two presentations with, and we won Best to Show one time. And, you know, that was, I, I felt like, okay, I was just there moving buttons around and Brian was doing the thing. But uh, that's an exciting time. You know for these startups like you're talking about and the content that you guys have been able to put around that has been really great we got to see Ann bowden in san francisco this time and she had not been i think you know on this side of the coast for a long long time uh that i can remember and like theo was saying the analyst panel and all the rest let's go and talk about some of those other you know memorable moments um whether they're funny or just something that stood out to you because like this last time david you had a great session on dei um, that was on the main stage and you know, you guys have really helped drive the important conversations in this industry. So whether it's a demo that you want to you know, talk about or whether it's something funny or something that was like really meaningful to you personally, um, let's talk about some of those guests and some of those companies that you guys have had on stage. Um, David, how about we talk about that with you first?
2: Yeah, yeah, there have been there have been a ton, and I'm I'm particularly curious to hear some of the ones that, uh, that I know that Greg's got in his uh, in his folder um in terms of some of the events. There have been a lot of uh, of, of great presentations, sometimes things that just really sort of struck you. Um, you know. Coming back uh, after uh, being doing all these digital events was certainly something for me that was, I'll confess was pretty powerful Um, um recently, particularly coming back to, to New York. Um, there's one conf- conference I do uh, maybe wanna highlight, and that was way back in, I think I just looked it up, it was like 2015. It was the Malazai's presentation. And I'd only been with the company for a few years, and uh, they're going through the demo. And then toward the end of the demo, they brought out I don't know how many it was, maybe 10 other community banking partners, just some of the individuals to line up on the back on the behind on stage. And as somebody was still formulating and understanding what Finnovate was all about, that was a really powerful thing for me to just to see all of these folks. Kind of like a Sesame Street kind of moment, like the people in the neighborhood. As all of these different types of folks just came out of, from behind the curtain and stood behind the companies. He was talking about the kind of things they were doing for community banks. And I hadn't really thought about it quite as incisively, thinking about the big banks and so forth. And that really kind of made an impression upon me about some of the things that Finnovate really does at special and really uh, connecting with lot of those community banks where a lot of folks bank, not everybody banks at the big banks, a lot of folks bank at the neighborhood bank, and just to see that connection between Finnovate, one of our leading fintech company, alumni companies, and then just all these every walks of, of life type of folks behind them. Um, that was probably one of my favorite moments uh, of Finnovate of a demo of really starting to get a sense of wow this is the power of uh, of what we can do here on stage and, and present to folks. So that was one that really was we were thinking about this that really stuck out to me that I wanted to share.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so many for me that I could talk about. I think some of the ones that really resonated well with me are the ones that have the really simple messages, and these simple messages kind of still stick with me. I remember when Betterment launched on our stage. You know, it was a relatively simple tagline of every individual investor thinks they can beat the market average. Ninety five percent of them are wrong. Right. And you kind of I don't want to distill the entire demo down to that sentence. But that sentence stayed with me. You know, I look at Expensify, another best of show winner who's now gone on to do amazing things. And, you know, they, I remember the line, we do the expense reports that don't suck. You know, These are the things that kind of stay with you. Um, And, and there's certainly no shortage of success stories that that we can highlight. I think for me, one of my favorite parts of it, though, is. Um, you learn a lot about somebody when you see them backstage before an extremely important presentation. And this is one of the coolest parts of my job, which I never really get to talk about, but I hang out backstage all the time. And so, you know, all these companies are just kind of coming through, the individual speakers are coming through. And there are so many different ways that people handle that moment, handle the nerves. I think in many ways, it's more difficult to be seven minutes from up on stage than it is to actually be up on stage. You know, that, that kind of waiting is, is really brutal. Um, and I'll see companies or individuals who, you know, some people want to just be super quiet off in the corner. Like I get my microphone, on, I'm just going to be looking through my notes over and over and over and over again. I see other people who want to talk desperately about anything and everything but the presentation, who just want to have small talk backstage to just kind of pass the time, you know. Uh, so we, we sometimes tell funny stories back there. Um, but one that really stuck out for me as well, the first time I met Ryan Caldwell of then Money Desktop, now MX, um, we were at the old San Francisco venue, uh, and backstage there was a little bit of a ramp um, from kind of the street level down towards where the stage entrance was. Um, and Ryan had broken his leg, and he had a little wheelie cart, you know, sort of the knee resting on the cart and the calf sticking up back. Um, and before I even had a chance to ask him how he broke his leg, he rode the cart down the ramp towards the stage at what i consider to be a pretty pretty quick speed and so i'm like i'm not even gonna ask now i know how you broke the leg it was doing stuff like this but this is one of those moments where i'm sitting there like what did he what did i learn about that individual just witnessing that interaction here's a guy who's about to go up on stage never um you know and it's easy to look at mx now and think they were always going to get where they are I don't think that's the case i think that you know they put in a huge amount of work and this is the again the first time he's up there and this is his response to that situation is i'm just gonna wheel it down the ramp and let's have a little bit of fun on the way and i'm like all right that's a really great way to to handle the nerves of that moment um and so you know i, I think that that's one that sticks out for me um another one that uh that i'll always remember is the true demo from finovate fall i think 2016 uh where we had an amateur comedian stand up there and he it was the last demo before lunch and had the entire audience laughing for almost all seven minutes that was a really good one as well um i always highlight that one as a example of you know a way to have fun and still get your core message across that's that's one that clearly resonated with me too but um you know there, there's been so many really interesting people backstage and and really interesting you know again personalities um, that it's just it's it really is the fun part of the job for me is kind of being back there, and and I do consider part of my job, by the way, just kind of help people relax <laughs> in that moment because it can get a little bit daunting as we talked about getting up there on stage. And, and that's the
3: thing; it's like you know, I the the times that I've been backstage, whether it was doing just regular speaking or doing the couple of demos. You do get a sense that people have their own way of getting ready. You know, you have people that are like pumping themselves up, and you have like, uh, like you said, nervous energy. Um, I, I remember talking on stage with John Stein uh, of Betterment, and it was probably in the middle of you know them launching, and then him um, just kind of stepping aside uh, from Betterment as as the CEO. And you know, what did strike me about a conversation like that with with John was that all of these companies that are either speaking in conversation uh, in sessions like what what David does or demoing itself, most of them are trying to not just improve banking but make it sort of better with the existing players, or just tweaking the model to make it more accessible, to make it you know more fee free, and to make it you know just better to really trying to improve this industry. And like you were saying David with people stepping behind the community banks that were involved with that tech company when you look at the couple demos where people were just coming on on stage and saying, well, we're going to fix this industry and, you know, we're going to tear apart banking. <laughs> you know, when when you you have Ben Milne from Douala coming up on stage and basically saying, you know, we're going to disrupt payments and you can't do anything about it. Drop the bike leaves, you know. It's like that kind of stuff that is memorable to you when they basically say we're going to tear apart banking and they think it's going to be easy. Well, it's not easy. And those companies that have been most successful are ones that are working within the ecosystem. So, you know, to me, my my favorite moments have always been those aha when you see a company like you said with MX that you know is going to probably do pretty well, but you don't exactly know what their path is going to be. So you guys have shown so many companies this way of stepping on stage and you know, it was what got their investment. It was what got them that key partner. It was what got them you know, that, that next stage that they needed to be. And if you look at all of the funding of all Finovate companies, you know, I'm sure you know, we're talking about your own you know, multi-billion dollar impact to what these companies do. So uh, kudos to the entire team, you know, to the founders on to who's working the, the, the sessions and the panels today. So um, let's talk about the fall coming up. So New York, Finnovate fall, 15-year anniversary. I know you guys aren't big on like hyping up, you know, 15, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is, but there's nothing like it. There's nothing like Finovate. I do call it the Disneyland of fintech. I don't think I could copyright that because I think Disneyland might be mad. But, I hear um, they have some lawyers over there. They, they might they have to. a few. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would imagine. Um, is there anything that you guys have planned? I mean, you're going to do like, you know, best of show, like best, best of show, or like you guys going to do like best of 15 year show. I mean, what what's,
1: we're going to give you some ideas. We'll crowdsource. You have too much to plan this out. Let's go. So anything? Yeah, anything? Okay. So I think. You know, I'm, I'm definitely open to crowdsourced ideas. I think our plans right now are just to um, really we're just going to have like a big celebration. We're going to have like, a, you know, pull a bunch of innovative fintech companies together and have them all kind of show their technology up on stage in a live way and then probably end the day with free beer and wine for everybody and just let them really kind of uh, hang loose and, and have a big party there. Um, No, I'm obviously just explaining what happens at a regular (laughs) Fintech event. No, we should do more, you're right. We should do more with this, it is a big deal. Um, I think one of the things that Fintech does to you is it sort of forces you to look at this really short-term runway, right? You can kind of lose sight of the overall passage of time because you look at these kind of shorter periods, what happened this year, what happened in the last two years. It's difficult even to go back and think about where the Fintech industry was five years ago, let alone 10 or 15. And so, you know, when you, when you um, asked the question, it honestly hadn't really even occurred to me that we should be doing something to celebrate the 15th anniversary, I, 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 I got it. I got something. it.
3: Okay, so, so beyond stuff that you could do on stage, beyond the video montages, beyond the, you know, bring back Ben Mills, so we could throw down the microphone or whatever it might be, T-shirts. Seriously, T-shirts. I mean, collector's edition T-shirts that you could only get if you have your ticket, something. You know get a sponsor like put sponsors in the back nascar logo i was there at Finovate. you know 2022 whatever it is special yeah. logo i mean whatever it is man whatever, t-shirts, t-shirts i'm really glad you cute. didn't say it's nft
0: Oh my god <laughs> not
3: in it yeah no, here it. you go oh my god
0: that is the best idea of the day Greg. just
3: give him give and him give F- him F- some sort of crypto because you know it'll be worth less yeah. then so yeah buy it now
0: <laughs> oh david
3: what about you i mean you know you have a lot of say in what happens on stage beyond the demos as well so so are you planning anything you have like a a 15 year anniversary panel to talk about 15 years here
0: you should do a 15 year blog too dave because you write a oh, lot oh definitely yeah uh,
2: yeah, we definitely, we'll, we'll definitely definitely be some, uh, some content on the blog for sure. We'll probably be doing some sort of retrospective with Best of Show Winners. Uh, it's one of my particular value, books. I always get a kick out of that. Um, there might be some sort of funding uh, discussions. Brad, you mentioned some of the interesting things with, with with funding. One of the interesting things that happens is the shows are, especially the fall show, but they're so big that the planning of them happens relatively early. And uh, that was certainly the case here. And there were a lot of ideas, I think in part inspired by, if not Finnovate Spring specifically, the energy out of Finnovate Spring, that unfortunately by the time they worked their way up the channel, a lot of Finnovate <laughs> Fall had already been more or less cast. So um, uh, I won't say there won't be any surprises at Finnovate Fall because there have been so many ideas that have been sort of tossed Katie's way in time since. Um, but I think a lot of what uh, we'll see will be on the blog. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if that podcast over there has a few interesting things between now and then. Um, but um, eh, T-shirts isn't the worst idea in the world. You never know what we'll come up with.
0: Red in his t-shirts. Yes, he likes this. We know that. Um, I think my first Finavet, looking back, that was also Finavet Spring, and uh, that was back in in the old San Jose location. Um, I I had a lot of memorable Finavet moments, but I think the funniest one was Finavet Europe in London. Funny now, but was not funny back then. I fell off the um the uh, the the bar stool. I think that was the last time I ever stepped on a bar stool on stage. I mean, I'm five foot tall. What do you expect? Uh, It was, that was not cool. And I remember Janine was next to me, Janine Hart, and um, she was standing the whole time. I did not find out until afterwards that apparently she was pregnant. So you cannot ask a pregnant lady to step on a bar stool. That was my Finnovate moment. But of course, there were a lot of good ones. I remember the first time I met Brad, he said something about fire holes. That was the first time I met him. And he opened his mouth and he said, FinTech holes. Okay. What was this dude? That was all I could think about. Okay. Um, I went to Brett King's first book signing. That was fun. That was also a Finnovate moment. That's also, you know, where I met most of you guys, as well as Jim. So there were a lot of good moments. But at the end of the day, what I remember the most is about people. People, people, people that, we're on stage, people that were in attendance, people that you end up starting conversations with and maintaining relationships with after the events. and And that was the one thing about finovate It's not just an event. it's a community. It's a community of people and it's ever growing, just like banking is about people at the end of the day. So one of the things I want to ask you guys is, with that and with all of the buzzwords, right? Like JP has his uh, Finnave bingo, buzzword bingo. How do we make sure that we can move beyond the buzzwords and make sure the needs of everyday people, right? Things that we need don't get lost in the shuffle of the shiny next things that we talk about and bring on stage. What are your thoughts on as an industry, as we feel challenges, you say, um, that we call, you know, what, what we do today.
1: Ooh, lots to unpack there, but it's a really great question because I think ultimately that, that speaks to the heart of what we're all trying to do in this industry. And I think, you know, one of the things which I struggle with sometimes is I look at the technologies that are up on stage, and sometimes it feels like the best technology is like if you were just looking at it in kind of this academic sense of who has built the coolest program sometimes it feels like the best technology doesn't actually win right and i think that's one of the things that's really difficult to try and figure out you know what is it with our industry where that can be the case and and i think if you look at the kind of systemic pressure that exists in fintech there's so much downward pressure on innovation and new ideas from kind of the established banking industry and there is so much power that that community has, right? You know, we talked earlier about there are people, I'm going to blow up banking, obviously really difficult to do that. You know, we saw a lot of people try and do that and they all, for the most part, got crushed. And so then you think, well, now I have to try and work within the existing banking setup. I have to try and make sure that whatever products I have are going through kind of the the current... Um, power channels. And, and and that, again, does weird things because the motivation is no longer on you know what's the best thing for the end user necessarily. The motivation is then what's the best thing for the bank who is ultimately going to be buying this technology because that's who I need to target as my potential customer. When I'm on stage at Finnovate, that's who I'm talking to, right? I'm trying to pull in institutional support for my idea and in many cases banks have their best uh their their users best interests in mind but in many cases they don't and so here's where you see this divergence where in some cases the way that fintech is set up right now prioritizes technology that is useful for banks that helps banks solve problems that they have which is not necessarily the same thing as end users and in order to kind of break through that there's a significant barrier there and I think it's difficult to kind of slip through that barrier, you have to explode through that barrier. And when you explode through, you change things, you actually create kind of a ripple effect, that explosion comes through and all of a sudden you kind of force people to take a, uh, take stock of what you're showing them, and then you can actually change the game in this way. And so that's where I think, you know, Finovate really has the ability to do a lot of good in this world. Obviously it's a great place for people to meet and connect and to introduce bankers to technology that will serve them well. But it also is a platform for people who want to stand up and explode through those barriers. And when people do that, that's where you can see end users really starting to benefit. And, and this is where you know, I've always kind of taken this line. Um, I'd like to think of myself as somebody who looks out for those end customers, because there's not a ton of people in the fintech space who are doing that. And and this is not in, to say that it's full of people who are bad people. It's just that the the rational sort of self-serving interests of most people in fintech not designed to prioritize the end users engagement and I think you know if i can kind of help just hold people people's feet to the fire a little bit and say how do your customers actually benefit here how can you think about you know the impact that you're having um i think that's some something where we can do you know we have content up on stage that talks about this as well um, and there's certainly fintech companies who've done this really well who do prioritize customers and have been able to kind of explode through those barriers um, you know, I was talking to, I did a podcast interview with, a uh, you from Backbase about the success that they've had and, and they're a hugely successful platform. And they were, they did keep that. He told me on the show that the customer experience is their North star. Mm-hmm. And so there are companies that are out there doing that, who are going through banks and keeping the customer in their mind. And, and those are the ones that I really like to see. Obviously they have this potential to make a really big difference. Um, but they also don't care about the stuff that they break on the way and you know when you see a back-based demo it does sort of force you to say wait a minute this is ahead of what we're doing and it kind of forces everybody to in in this position where now you have to catch up it's not the incremental change it's this again it kind of explosion through that barrier and so that's where i think you know, we, we need to see more of that. I think we also are, need to see less of this kind of downward pressure placed on innovation and new ideas um, in, in order to really serve the end users as, as good as we possibly can.
2: I think Greg makes a really interesting point, and it's probably one of the uh, uh, undervalued or underrecognized aspects of some of the stuff that he does with companies. In addition, uh, in terms of demoing companies, it's not just certainly sort of the stagecraft of making sure they know what to do when, but making sure that their message is um, not just succinct and honed, but that it keeps some of those elements that he talked about uh, to, to, to the front. And I know that's something he's talked about over the years, working with companies more and more and realizing uh, beyond that stagecraft, that important role that he can play, uh, and really helping them do what they want to do a little bit better, and, and I think that's been the case when you watch some of the, the demos getting better and better over over the years as well. Um, I think for me, one of the things that's really helpful—it kind of dovetails back with that Malazai uh, thought that I had—is the community banking angle. Um, there are two typically two types of presentations I really enjoy at Finnovate. One is the the Tim Urban. You know, space nineteen ninety nine type of stuff uh, on the one end. And then the uh, the community banking stuff. I always am fascinated getting into those panels, getting to those workshops in room with these folks who are dealing very, very on the front lines with with average folks in different communities all across uh, in the country in most in most respects. Um, and just talking about how they interact with their communities on on a basic level, whether it's sponsorship of local uh, youth activities and these sorts of things, really to kind of remind me, of who all of this technology is for and all this finance is for and i'm always impressed when i hear them talk about how they're engaging in technology and often it's not with the same sort of uh, full-throated embrace that we might expect given our enthusiasm for technology but understanding that they're really just trying to serve these people who they just mentioned about the little league team or whomever and that they're just trying to bring them along and for me, that seems like a really helpful way of staying grounded is by being really sensitive to, uh, whether it's on stage or even when we're writing content for the blog and looking and saying, when I see a fintech or a bank that's partnering with community bank, small a smaller credit union, that really pricks up my ears because I know this is a bank or an institution that probably can't take a lot of risks and really had to be very careful about who it is that they decided to work with. So that kind of thing always pricks up my ears just a little bit extra and certainly at the shows when I see them coming together and talking about how they sort of deal with these challenges, some of the things that Greg mentioned with regard to technology, is something that I really think is uh, is really, really helpful going forward and really communicates the, the both the uh, uh, the challenge and the potential of, again, getting a lot of these really, really insightful technologies. He has some great ones at the last of Keep Financial with some of its ways of uh, employment retention and bonuses, all kinds of interesting things, and thinking, okay, once the community banks start seeing that as something for their folks, because their folks are as close to the rest of us as anybody else, and when they really start to get enthusiastic, that's a really good opportunity for the rest of us to do so.
3: Well, I could appreciate uh, what it takes to, to put this um, show together uh, several times a year. and. Uh, You know, having both of us uh, on stages um, over the years, we've always appreciated the opportunity to sort of speak and talk about uh, what we do, especially uh, with the book and the book signing that we were able to do. It was great to see both of you in San Francisco. We look forward to uh, seeing you in New York and continuing to uh, celebrate all things that are Finnovate. I'll I'll look for that T-shirt. Uh, and all the other special 15-year uh, mugs and, you know, drinking cups, whatever it is. Uh, anyway, uh, but thank you both for for coming on to the show. We, we really uh, have enjoyed this.
0: I think what Brad forgot to say also is make sure you don't forget his stars this time around.
1: <laughs> I know, we we really underestimated how much people are going to care about the gold stickers, um, which is one of those things that no matter how old you get, no matter how successful you get, you still want a gold sticker. Right? This is one of those Always you want know, gold stars, I'm going to bring them the next time if you
3: guys don't have them.
1: Yeah, you're gonna have to I mean, honestly, we uh, we ran out of gold. I never thought in a million years, we'd run out of them, given the quantity <laughs> that we ordered initially but we did um and so no t-shirts gold stickers mugs um something along we'll, we'll figure something out even if it's just for you brad we'll get you something <laughs> or
0: maybe do a finnovate musical that could oh, be fun dear. i now mean we're, you... now
1: we're veering <laughs> <laughs> but
0: you have mary come on mary can do all kinds of things she's starting a the a fintech tiktok now so i'm sure you can have outside help and We'll think of
1: something, we'll make it fun. After having spent as much time as I have getting fintech people ready for the stage without music involved, I really just don't think <laughs> I'm going to bite off that next level. Um, but uh, you know, it, all again, all this like everything else in fintech, all this is waiting for is one person with uh, you know motivation and a good idea who's willing to break through that barrier. So um, if there's somebody listening to this who wants to go ahead and put pen to paper, uh, you know, we did have um, Ollie from Fintech Finance who has done kind of some lip syncing. Sp- Boof songs, from, uh, that turn some other songs into uh, FinTech related songs. So there's something to play with there maybe, um, I don't know. There's there's obviously room for creativity, let's say.
0: Well, voila, and uh, never a dull moment in FinTech. So I think FinnaVake encapsulates all of that and more. So thank you so much for both of you for joining us on the show. We look forward to seeing you and everyone else in New York in the fall and Greg and Dave, When is Finnovate Fall again this year?
1: September 12th
0: through 14th. Awesome. So let's all meet at the Big Apple. And for the rest of our audience, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of One Vision. We will talk to you all next week.